0: All right, well, welcome back to our series we've been in called The Heart of Christmas. And um, we've been trying to go back and look at what really is this season all about. And we keep coming back to it. Really, it's all about Jesus. And what is it that he wanted to bring to us? And we started out this series talking about the fact that one of the things he wanted to bring is hope. And uh, For those of you who may find Christmas a really difficult time of year, maybe you've gone through struggles or losses and you've been trying to find something to hang on to, that's what Christ came to bring, a hope that you can hold on to. Uh, Last week, we talked about the fact that Christ came to... Bring love to this world. Uh, we looked at the verse, for God so loved the world that he gave us one and only son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And, and God came to bring that love for you. Now, I, don't, I, I know for some of us, and if you're like me, sometimes I get up in the morning and I look in the mirror and I really don't love me all that much. But you know what? God does. With all of his heart, he does. And God wants that love to work in you and to show Through you. Today, I want to look at a different word that is also really at the heart of Christmas. It's the word transformation. Everybody say that word with me transformation. How many of you? would be honest to, to, enough to admit that you have some changes that need to happen in your life. Come on, how many would you confess that? Yeah, yeah. Come on, how many of you got a little, you got a little Grinch in you? How, anybody? Yeah, how many of you sitting next to somebody? They got a lot of Grinch in them, yeah. Well, that's, that's what we want to we talk about. You know, the whole essence of the story that the kids just did was about the fact that Christ can change even someone like the Grinch. And it's so true. And that's what we want to talk about this morning. Uh, I'm not going to preach long, but I want to give you a couple of thoughts that I hope will really help you. You ready? If you want to take your sermon outline out, you can track along with me. If you're a note taker, we'll throw everything up on the screen for those of you who who would just like to follow that way. I want you to look with me at a verse of scripture uh, from the Old Testament. It's in Ezekiel, but this really is a verse about what God wanted to do through sending his son to us. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. Would you read this out loud with me, please? I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart. Flesh. Think about that for a second. Way back in the Old Testament, as God was foretelling about the coming of his son, he's saying, you know what? I want to do something new in you and not just a superficial change. I want to give you a new heart. I want to give you a new spirit. I want to change you to the depth of of your being. And, and that transformation is really what Jesus came to do. I, when I was sitting down this week thinking this through, I, I, w- I was thinking about all the ways that God wants to transform us. And I put several of them uh, on your outline. You could track along with me. Jesus came to transform sinful people in to godly people. Think about that. It doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, or how bad your past was. The Bible says that any man be in Christ, he's a brand new creation. And behold, all things become new. And he can transform you from a sinful person into a godly person. He can take those of us who are self-centered people and he can transform us into selfless people. He he can take people who who, who love to power up, those of us in leadership who who love to be power leaders, and you know what? He can transform us into uh, servant leaders. He can take those of us who who find ourselves enslaved, those of us who, who are bound by habits we can't seem to break, bound by addictions we can't seem to get rid of the shackles of, and he can take enslaved people and transform them into freed people. He can take callous people, Maybe for some of us who have been hurt, uh, some of us who have grown uh, uh, maybe very cold in our heart, and it's hard for us to be uh, very caring toward other people, and he can take callous people and transform them into compassionate people. He can take greedy people and transform them into generous people. He can take hurting people. And you know what? He can transform you into a healed person. He can take angry people, and he can turn them into loving people, and he can take broken people and transform them into people made whole. Now, I don't know what transformation you may need, and maybe yours isn't on there, and you want to write yours in, but this is what I believe with all my heart. Our God is able to transform us, body, mind, and spirit. Amen? Body, mind, and spirit. Now, God's willing to do his part in this transformation. But what is ours? What do we have to do to really receive and embrace the transformation God wants to do? I just want to give you two two thoughts today. You ready? Here we go. Here's the first one, and I believe it's the hardest. Get honest. Get honest. The hardest thing for human nature is to really admit that we are in need. Come on, it's just us. We're, we're all friends here. Let, let's be honest with each other. How many of you, be honest enough to admit, you have a hard time admitting when you're wrong sometimes, yeah, especially to your spouse? Yes. Yes. It's, it's hard for us sometimes. I think it's hard for us to, to own uh, the ways in our lives that we need to change. And I, I think that, that that part of it is, is the very beginning before God can really transform us. We've got to agree with God on what needs to be changed. Proverbs twenty eight thirteen. 13. This is such a great verse. And I love how uh, Eugene Peterson uh, paraphrased it in the message. Read it out loud with me. He says, you can't whitewash your sins and get by with it. You find mercy by admitting and leaving them. And that first part, just being willing to admit. If I could just help you do one thing today, it would be to become brutally honest with yourself and God as to, Lord, this is the work I need you to do in me. God can't heal what we won't reveal. Does that make sense to you? Um, And and we learned this at at an early age. Um, It's last week. I I had the privilege of going back to Ohio, and I spoke on Wednesday night at a a, a service that was, was a really cool service. They called it a blue Christmas service. And it was really a service of hope and healing for people who really struggle through the holidays. And they just needed a word of hope. And they had asked me to come back and, and speak at that. And it was just a, a wonderful thing. And I was so humbled and privileged to be a part of it. But I got to stay with some good friends. Throw that picture up on the screen for me. This is my, my good buddy Steve Southard's. And uh, Steve came, to, when I was in Phoenix pastoring, Steve came his sophomore year in college and did a summer internship with, with me. And uh, we've been good friends ever since, and, and uh, I've just been an encourager and mentor in his life, and he now pastors a, a large church back in Dayton, Ohio. Um, met Aaron, his, his, who became his wife, and, and they now have four children. I had the privilege of staying with him from, from Tuesday until Thursday. Now, can I just say this out loud? There is no house big enough for four children. <laughs> Amen. There's just no house big enough for four children. They got a, they have a big house, but I spent, you know, 3 days and you know Wanda and I are empty nesters now even though we have our grandkids around a lot, but it, it was like, all this, all this chaos, and it was, it was just, it was just crazy. But I have so much fun with them. They're just a, a delightful family, especially this little guy on the far right. Uh, you see little Stetson there. Stetson is just—he is so precocious. And he is such a character. He, he loves to have fun. And he's, you know, kind of remember, reminds me of me when I was that age. He just always loves to get in everything. In fact, I saw one of his pictures they posted of him on Facebook when he put some fake teeth in. You know, he just walked around looking like he was from Arkansas. You know, just kind of, just <laughs> oh, just kidding. Okay? But, he, you know, he just, he, he's just this kind of guy. Well, it was so funny On Wednesday, um, Steve and I were getting our stuff together, getting ready. We were going to head over to the service early to uh, meet with the worship team, kind of get everything set. And uh, we were getting stuff. Well, Erin was making this huge pot of potato soup. And uh, we were going to eat after the service, but she wanted to get everything ready. And so she was working on that. And she had Stetson, the kids all kind of help with everything. Well, she had Stetson come in, and he actually had to stand on a stool. And she said, Stetson, I just need you to stay here. I just need you to stand and stir this until I get changed. And so Stetson dutifully, you know, is is stirring this with this huge wooden spoon. And uh, Aaron goes to change. And Steve and I went in to get our stuff. Well, when Steve and I came out, Stetson was gone. And this huge pot of potato soup was now spilling over. (laughs) and potato soup was going all over the stove and onto the floor and and Steve like every good husband did what every good husband would do he yells for his wife you know aaron look what you look what's going you know and so aaron comes running out and she goes oh no so, you know and they're scrambling trying to get it all all cleaned up and then you know what's coming stetson and stetson's down in the basement you know he's playing with his sister and he comes up, and he goes, Stetson, what happened? You were supposed to be stirring the soup, and now look at this mess. And, and Stetson, it was so, I, I guarantee you, in a one-minute time, he came up with 32 different reasons why he wasn't there. Yeah, it wasn't my fault. You know, Presley wanted me to come downstairs. I had to go see what she wanted. I didn't know you wanted me to do it. I, you know, I thought I only had to do it for a second. You know, and he, He's rattling off excuse after excuse after excuse. And I'm standing there laughing my head off. And Stetson, Steve's always so good with his, his kids about talking about what it means to be a leader. And, and when Stetson finally kind of ran out of gas and he's standing there, he's feeling the shame of it and he's got his head down and I, I came over to him, I just put my arm around him and I said, Stetson, just re-reminded, I said, the number one law of leadership is this. You know, leadership is ownership for your mistakes. You know, take responsibility. And he looked at me like, are you kidding me? You know, <laughs> take responsibility? What's that? Well, I, I laughed and I thought about that and I thought, you know, isn't that just built into the core of our being? Now, I just, I want to help you. I, I don't know where you need transformation, but here's what I do know. Until you're willing to own the transformation you need, God's not going to be able to do the work that you really want him to do. I, I, on your outline, I just put a couple of thoughts. You got to stop blaming you got to stop blaming the people around you for being the way you are. you, you got to stop blaming the world. you got to stop playing a victim. You've got you to own it for yourself. Secondly, you got, you got to stop minimizing. you got to stop pretending like this is a, not a big deal, that this spill, is, it's, it's not a big deal if you, if you don't change. you gotta, you got to own it and say, no, this is, this is at the heart of my character and who I want to become. And thirdly, you got to stop procrastinating. You know, so often we, we look at the changes that need to happen. Come on. And, and you know what we do? We go, you know what? I know I need to do that, and I'll do that someday. Someday, you know what? I'm going to take care of that. Someday, I'm going to get over that. Someday, I'm going to deal with that. Look at me. Just hear my heart. Today is the day. Today's the only day you get. If you're going to be transformed, transformation needs to happen today. Amen? Amen. Get honest. Here's the second one, and it's, I think, maybe as hard, but it's it's parallel to it, and that is get humble. Get humble. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean, some point on this journey, you've got to surrender your heart and life and the work that needs to be done into the hands of God. Look Look at what Peter says in 1 Peter 5, 6. Read it out loud with me. He says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. In other words, you you can't keep trying to do this all on your own. You need the help of God. Um, On your outline, I'll give you a couple of thoughts. You need to humble yourself to the revelation of God. You need to humble yourself to the revelation of God. What do I mean by that? Here's what I mean. You don't know yourself as well as you think you do. And a part of that humbling is coming before God saying, Lord, I need you to show me even the things that I can't see in my own life that need to be done. Now, I love Psalm 139 where He says, search me, O Lord, know my heart. Test me, know my anxious thoughts. Lord, see if there is any wicked thing in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. What's the that's saying? He's saying, Lord, help me to see the things that I can't see on my own. I double dog dare you to get alone with God and say, Lord, show me the harder stuff in my life that I'm not seeing and just see what he does. Secondly, you need to humble yourself to the power that God can give you. You need to humble yourself to the power that God can give you. I want to be, I want to be really clear today. This is not about you trying harder. This is not about you giving you know, the old college try. This is about you coming to the place in your life where you realize you can't do this without the help of God. Paul makes a couple of really incredible statements in the New Testament. One is when he says in the Corinthians, he says, you know what I've discovered? It's when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. What's he mean? He means that in in those places where I admit that I am not able to do this, that's when God does his best work in me. Or I love Romans 7, where Paul says, you know what? I I know the good I want to do, but I can't do it. And I know the things I shouldn't do. And you know what? I do them. And he, 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 has, he throws up his hands and he says, oh, what a wretched man I am. Who can, who can deliver me from all of this? I love what he says. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because God has the power to do in you what you can't do in yourself. Can I give you a third piece of that? You need to humble yourself to the guidance of God. You need to humble yourself to the guidance of God. And when I thought of this, here's what I thought of. I thought, you know what, this is so important because oftentimes we come to this place where we say, Lord, I I know I need to be transformed. And and we say a prayer and, and we act as if at the end of that prayer that that's the end of the matter. But it's not. If we're really going to allow God to transform us, we need to allow him to continue to do that work. I love in, in, in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28, where Jesus says, come to me, all you who are heavy laden, learn of me, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. You remember that verse? Well, that come, take, learn, those are all in the present tense, and Jesus is saying, come and keep on coming, learn, keep on learning, take, keep on taking, Why? Because transformation doesn't happen in a moment. It is a journey for God to make us into the men and women that he really wants us to be. I mean, think about it this way. I mean, I could bow my head right here and say, Lord, I need you to transform me. And and this is the path that I have been on. And maybe as, as I'm sitting with God and as God is revealing to me, maybe he shows me, Steve, over here is where you need to go. Well, does this make sense? If I need to go over here, then I need to walk that path. Because if I say, God, I need you to change me, but I stay on the path that I'm on, I'm never going to get to where God wants me to be. That's why I put on your outline, transformation is a journey. But you don't get to a new place by staying on the old path. 2010, there was a guy by the name of Forrest Finn that wrote a book called The Thrill of the Chase. And in that book, Finn, who was um, kind of an eccentric old uh, collector of antique kinds of things and explorer, all this kind of stuff, he in that book he he tells that, he says that he has hidden Uh, in the mountains north of Santa Fe, $2 million in gold coins and jewelry and artifacts, all this kind of stuff. And he leaves clues all through his book for people to to find them. And since 2010, there have been, to to their knowledge, at least 350,000 people who have scoured the mountains and tried to follow the clues and find this treasure that, that he's left there, if he really left it, and uh, a year ago, last February, February 2020, there was a guy by the name of Michael Sexton, who's 58-year-old, who after reading the book was convinced that in spite of the fact that 350,000 people have failed, he knew where the treasure was. He had figured it out. And so he talked a uh, 65-year-old friend into going with him on this journey to go get this treasure. And he was so convinced that he knew exactly where it was that they, they planned for it to just be a day trip that they would hike in and get the treasure, and they would hike out. And he, so they drove up uh, to the Colorado-Utah border, up to the Dinosaur uh, Monument uh, Park up there. And uh, they, they parked in, and they hiked in. And after they hiked in, they couldn't find it. And then they got disoriented. And then they, they, they hiked around, and they got lost. And they were there for a couple of days, and when it was reported that they were missing, they sent search and rescue, and after a couple of days, search and rescue found them barely alive and were able to to pull them out um, one month later, after Michael Sexton had had healed in the hospital and gotten his strength back, he was going to take another run at it. He knew he knew I know where this treasure is, and so he talked that same 65 year old now how stupid do you got to be to do this again?" He talked this 65-year-old to going with him again. Now, this time, they prepared a little better. They, they took a few bottles of water and a few candy bars because he thought maybe it'll take a few hours longer than I think. Well, they got to the park. They found the guy who was renting snowmobiles, and they rented snowmobiles, and they headed in, and they didn't come back. And so the guy who rented snowmobiles called Search and Rescue and said, these guys went in with my snowmobiles. They didn't come back. I don't know if they're coming back. So Search and Rescue once again went in to find them. And this was unbelievable to me. And they found them at the exact same spot where they had found them the last time. Except this time, Michael was not alive. He didn't. Survive the extreme temperatures his friend did barely survive but Michael did not now when I read this story here's what hit me gang there are some people who keep saying I want to change I want to change I want to change and yet they stay on the same old path that they've always been now I love you but please hear my heart if you always do what you've always done you always get what you always got amen A new life requires a new path. Do you really want to be transformed? Can you identify an area in your life that you really know you need God to change? Pastor Steve, how how can that happen? Real simple. Get honest and get humble. Would you bow your heads with me? I want to take just a moment, and and I want to to pray a prayer. Before I do, with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, I wonder if there might be some of you who would simply be honest enough to say, Pastor Steve, I know I need God to do a changing work in my life. It might be an attitude that you need to have changed. It might be a, a habit or an addiction you need God to break. It may be a heart that's grown cold or callous. I don't know what transformation you need, but I wonder if there might be some of you, heads bowed, eyes closed, if there might be some of you who would just be honest enough to slip up a hand and say, Steve, as you pray, would you pray for me? I know I need some transformation in my life. Hold them high. Yeah. 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 Amen. I appreciate your honesty because that's the first step. Let's pray for God to move in your heart. Father, today, as we come before you, Lord, you didn't come from heaven to earth just to have, for us to have a spectacular story to share. You came from heaven to earth to change the lives of people. And Father, today, as we've seen this little play that the kids did, and as we read in your word, Lord, you want to do something new and exciting in our lives. Lord, you saw every hand that was just raised a moment ago. You saw those who, even online, that are watching, that are acknowledging before you, Lord, that they, they need transformation. Father, you know where we need that point of change. And Father, we're, we're honest before you today. We, we can't do this out of our own strength. So Lord, we humble our hearts before you. Show us, Lord, where we need to change give us your power to be able to make the changes that need to be done. And Father, guide us in the way that we need to walk. Lord, I pray particularly, maybe for anyone who's here, anyone who's watching this, that Father, they've they've never invited you in to be the Savior and Lord of their life. And and today, Lord, is their first step of transformation. They admit that they've not been on the right track. And God, they're, like this Michael Sexton, Lord, they just keep going, ending up at the same places over and over again. Lord, today, I pray that just like you changed the Grinch's heart in our play today, that you would change theirs. Lord, your word says that if we confess our sin, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And today, we have the chance to begin a brand new journey with you. So, Father, today, put a new heart in us. Put a new spirit in us. Work your work of transformation among us. These things we pray in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen, amen.